Is there a sharky play at wide receiver for the Titans in the FFPC playoff challenge number two? Can Tyler Boyd continue his strong play in 2020 with a new quarterback? And we reveal our suggested divisional FFPC playoff challenge rosters in our special preview episode. Plus, the $500,000 2019 FFPC main event champion Mike Paraka drops in to talk about his Monday night magic, why he owes the Dizzle a huge apology, and much, much more. Hey, we've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Dave, welcome. I I, I, got to say this. Welcome back was my welcome to you last week because you were on last week. Yes. You were not. You're not on this coming week, right? Is that how? It, is that how it works? Yes. In the future, I will not be on All this right. coming week. So so long. Yes, exactly. Um, exciting stuff going on as we have the FFPC Playoff Challenge number two going. The Football Guys Playoff Challenge number two filled. I want to say late Thursday night or early Thursday evening. Does that sound right? Yeah, that. Okay, so that but so the last game in town this weekend is the FFPC Playoff Challenge number two, which is filling up right now. You can go to myffpc.com and sign up there. A uh, little bit more than seventy percent full. Remember, you only have a few hours to go in that competition. Uh, roughly eighteen hours to sign up. A little bit more than eighteen hours away, uh, and that will fill up quickly. If last week and last year is any guide. Uh, they're going to go quickly tomorrow morning and early afternoon, so make sure you get in while the getting is good. Take your shot at $50,000, $200 entry fee. Uh, it is our last event of the 2019-2020 season. Go out with a bang. Hey, why not win fifty grand and call it a great 2019 season? Coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk about the health of a couple of banged-up uh, running backs, uh, and also we're going to get into uh, some main event talk with Mike Pareka who won the 2019 FFPC main event and the $500,000 that, that came with it. Uh, if you listen to his uh, appearance on the high stakes lowdown, uh, we'll get into some of that, but mostly this is all fresh material that we're getting into tonight. Oh, so thank God. yes, exactly. You will not be double dipping. Uh, if, uh, if you listen to both, we'll get into some fresh stuff tonight as well. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Mike is at Mike poor 21. That's M I K E P O R two one. 
And Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at thehighstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com inbox. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We're going to try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails throughout the show tonight. Our producer and mutual friend is Rob. Our audio engineer and my best friend is Bryce. They are working hard tonight here at the tail end of, uh, I guess, in the middle of January here, as we only have, what, seven games left in the entire NFL season, not including the Pro Bowl, which we don't care about. It's really coming down to it. So um, make sure you're getting into the Divisional Playoff Challenge. Get some skin in the game here for the last few weekends of fantasy football. Uh, kick things off tonight by thanking football guys Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler says that Adam Thielen is expected to wear protective padding on that injured ankle of his during the 49ers game uh, tomorrow, which is Saturday. Thielen did not practice uh, yesterday, which would have been Thursday, and obviously, you know, you're going to have a walkthrough today. He's not expected to do much. In fact, the report was that Adam Thielen was, or the Vikings were trying to keep Adam Thielen off his feet as much as possible. He was cleated on Wednesday, got stitches in his ankle, and the Vikings don't know how it's going to hold up. Now, I think the, the obvious uh, talk here, Dave, in, in the divisional playoff is Adam Thielen is right out. You cannot pick him. Um, but in a game where you would expect the 49ers to be winning, you would expect the Vikings to be throwing, and the fact that you probably, I mean, you obviously need to pick a Viking. you got to pick a, a player from each team. Is Stephon Diggs too chalky? Is he, is he the Viking that you'd want to go with? Because game script would probably dictate that he is the guy to own in this matchup. I still think that Cook will be more owned than uh, than Diggs will be actually. So I think that Diggs is actually not it's not a bad play at all. And I still th- I think you're actually kind of taking one, an underdog. It's a kind of a shrewd play because they are likely to, more likely to be down. And uh, the fact that if you get Dalvin Cook, you get the centerpiece of this offense, and uh, you have a total contrarian play. Well, I guess it's not total contrarian because you said Cook is probably going to be the more owned of the two. Um, but there is something to be said that if this is a slog it out type game, then Dalvin Cook could be threatening 20, 25 touches, be very successful. And who knows? I mean, I've seen more than a few people pick the Vikings to upset the Niners in this game based on the strength of that running game and how they've held it together on defense. They may not need Adam Thielen. Uh, obvious answer here, right? Adam Thielen, you cannot pick him for the divisional challenge. Uh, you know, it's, it's a cut. I, I, I probably I don't know if I, I probably wouldn't take him, but I don't, I don't think... I You're think filling that, out multiple lineups? Yeah, I think you can take a shot if you wanted to. Okay. I, I would be very skittish about that. I mean, the, it's, a, it's, you know, hum, put, wrap a bunch of tape around it. I mean, come on, it's the right. playoffs. But it's stitches, you know what I mean? So what? Well, I'm just saying, like, stitches pop, and then you can't go. Uh, I guess. I mean, if it's really... I mean... I mean, the fact that... It makes that, it seem like it's a big deal, so... The report that came out said that the, the Vikings didn't even want him walking. They, they wanted his feet up in the air. They, so the fact that... And now you've got to play a football game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's a good point. It was a recent injury. So, yeah, you're probably, probably right. And, and we won't find out the extent of this until after the Vikings are eliminated from the playoffs, which could happen Saturday. Uh, so go with God if you're picking Adam Thielen, uh, clearly, on your, on your team this week. Moving on to the Texans. Uh, Bill O'Brien says he conv- uh, considers Will Fuller a game-time decision for the Sunday matchup between the Texans and the Chiefs, thanks to Sarah Barshop on Twitter for reporting that. Well, we'll get into this Fuller thing. Did you see the TMZ video of Bill O'Brien cussing out that fan after the Chiefs game, uh, a few, or at Broncos no, game a few I, weeks ago? I did not. They're walking into the tunnel, at, at exiting the field, and some fan is yelling something at him. And Bill O'Brien starts, he turns around, he flips them off, and F <laughs> this and F that, and, and you suck, you suck too. Hey, you suck, blah, blah, blah. 
and F-bomb after F-bomb, and Deshaun Watson kind of turned around and looked at the fan. DeAndre Hopkins was the voice of reason, ushering both Watson and O'Brien, pushing him down the tunnel uh, to get him out of there. It's very funny stuff. TMZ has that. In any event, uh, Bill O'Brien says it's been so far so good for Will Fuller so far at practice this week. He has not suffered a setback to his groin yet, as we all know. It's, it's coming with Will Fuller. <laughs> this guy, Will Fuller. It, it sounds like he is going to be active for the Kansas City game. The fact that um, the, the Chiefs' secondary, you know, everybody says it's terrible. I would say it's been suspect. It, it, it's been all right. But, you know, Will Fuller is a field stretcher. The problem with this, Dave, even though it's a, it's a prime matchup in a game that should feature a lot of points, you hate to rely on a speedster with, a, with an iffy groin. Yeah, you will, no, Will Fuller, I don't trust him any, at ever. That's who I was referring to with the iffy groin. Yeah, okay, I got you. So even if he was healthy, he would not be in your playoff challenge lineup. I mean, if he was totally healthy and he played like four consecutive games and wasn't on the injury report, sure, then I would consider him. All right. So, so, so not, it's not – he never – he hasn't done that his entire NFL right. career. This guy is so irritating. It, it, yes, and um, to think I almost gave up three first-round picks for him in the Blake Harrington Dynasty was, League earlier. Very close. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's better to uh, to wait on those before you make those snap decisions. Uh, moving on to Baltimore here, uh, the divisional round game for the Ravens against the Titans. Mark Ingram, the starting running back for Baltimore, is indeed questionable with a calf injury. He got in a limited practice yesterday. Adam Schefter says that Ingram is expected to play through the calf injury. However, Jamison Hensley, who is the Ravens beat reporter for ESPN. He is not so certain. He calls him a question mark for the Saturday night nightcap uh, between the Ravens and the Titans. If Ingram is limited or if he's out, you've got to believe that Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are going to be getting a lot of the snaps. So let's assume you're filling out multiple lineups for the playoff challenge, which we encourage everybody to do. Um, if you are, Dave, and you're going to take a shot on a Ravens running back, not named Mark Ingram, is it Gus Volume Edwards or Justice Dynamite Hill? Which one's it going to be? I would roll with Gus Edwards. I'd give him a shot. Now, this is interesting because we've had these accumulator discussions with running backs in the past. Normally, we don't like them. Gus Edwards is not pedigreed. He's a bit of a plotter. And, and now he will get volume. He's going to get touches. Justice Hill, the pedigreed electric pass-catching back that, that will light up box scores and right in front of your eyes. This is interesting that you're going with Edwards over Hill. Can you explain your rationale here? You know, I don't actually agree that Edwards is a plotter. I actually think he's a pretty talented back. He does, does fine when Ingram's out. And I don't think Justice Hill is actually all that great. I mean, when has he been so electric? Has he had any 25-point games? Or? No, he has not. No, so. And part of, part of that reason is Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson have been so great rushing the football, they really haven't had to rely on Justice Hill for a whole lot. This is a guy that was really ballyhooed in rookie drafts and never lived up to it for the most point, even though he was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, you know, I, I think you look at this from the standpoint of how does Baltimore win the game? Do they really need to exploit Justice Hill in, in the flat and, and running wheel routes and what have you? No. Do they need to bang it with Gus Edwards through the tackles, salt away games with a lead? Mm, probably. I think that's the way to go. I think that's part of the reason it makes Mark Ingram so attractive. And if he does indeed miss, and if you want to roll the dice, Gus Edwards would make some sense here. Um, that is a punt play, but a guy who, you know, maybe he's a potential league winner. We don't know how serious this injury is for Ingram. I mean, this happened. Did this happen in Week 17? I think it was a Week 17 injury. Right, yeah. and, and you have this going on now. This is after the bye week. He still might not go. I mean, this could be a very serious injury, and we could be talking about Gus Edwards when it comes down to Super Bowl week as maybe the, the, the guy that is going to separate himself. Maybe it's Lamar Jackson who throws for 150 yards, rushes for 70, but it's Gus Edwards 
you know, rushing 20 carries for 50 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's really projecting. It's well, you little... know, I'm just, I'm just throwing numbers out there. Yes, you're throwing a lot out there, throwing a lot against the wall. I mean, the fact is, if Ingram actually does happen to miss, he then gives him another week to heal, and if they win, Edwards is likely to be relegated back to the bench if Ingram comes back. The chat room is kind of talking about Mark Andrews as an alternative play, and with the double flex, you know, you definitely will have the option to take Andrews even if you're taking Kelsey or Kittle. I think that's the more interesting pivot away from Ingram if you're not going to take Lamar Jackson. Interesting that the chat room brings this stuff, Dave, because he is questionable, Mark Andrews being he, for the game against the Titans tomorrow. He was limited on Tuesday, Wednesday, and or excuse me, he was limited on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He's had an ankle injury since late in the season. He had the bye week. Um, he was, this is an interesting trivia question. He was second in the league to Kenny Galladay in receiving touchdowns during the regular season. Mark Andrews, two, Kenny Galladay, one. Not a wide receiver, one, apparently. But Mark Andrews, number two in receiving touchdowns during the regular season. I think he's the pivot, though. If you're not going to go with Lamar Jackson, you know, as much as we talk about the Ravens running backs, I think it's Mark Andrews here is, is with the tight end, you know, the, the premium scoring, the fact that you can play multiple tight ends. I think Mark Andrews is, is the guy for me. He's the guy for you too, right? You're not messing around with Marquise Brown or anybody like that. If you're not going with Lamar Jackson. Well, I would still, I'm still looking at Ingram. I mean, there's, Oh, you would. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have not, I, it, it just depends on where they're at. I mean, if, they, if they're going to start him with some confidence or not. I, I, well, you're 18 hours away. Well, they'll, they'll, be, they'll announce it. You know, he's starting. I thought Ingram was going to be all right. I mean, I thought. I did, too, actually. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to, to hear that, that he's still been scuffling a little bit. This is interesting because I would have said for sure, like, before the show started, then, okay, I'm like, okay, Dave's going to say, no way can you play Thielen. No way can you play Ingram. And, obviously, I'm playing Justice Hill over Gus Edwards at running back. Well, I am, so, so I am 0 for to play. I am 0 for 3 on this, that Ingram or Andrews is expected to Ingram, play. They're both going to play. I mean. Again, it's the playoffs, man. They're going to play. Okay. All right. I, I just don't see them being inactive. I don't see Thielen, Thielen being inactive either. I guess at this point – The only it, person that's going to be active right. is Will Fuller. All right. So maybe – Even he might play. I'm probably phrasing this the wrong way. You're right. They're probably all going to give it a go. But now you talk about the potential for re-injury, and you talk about the potential for limited snaps. Maybe Ingram's only in in certain situations. Maybe Thielen's only in in certain situations. And I think we need to talk about that too – because there's a very real possibility that even if these guys are active, they're not going to be getting 60-plus snaps. Well, I think you just talked about it. So, I mean, what more do you really need? All right. Okay, fine. I, I, I thought I mean, that would concern you more. This, we're beating this truly to death. <laughs> hey, it's my 50 ha- grand that's on the line. You need to beat this my, to death. My hamstring was getting hurt just talking about this All right. for so long. All right. Well, let's just bring in tonight's guest. Uh, he enjoyed a second top eight overall finish in the Football Guys Players Championship within the last six years. He placed 11th in the FFPC main event back in 2016. In 2018, he was third overall in the Football Guys Players Championship, won 15 grand there. However, we're here to talk about his grand prize championship in the 2019 FFPC main event and the $500,000 that came with it. Please welcome back onto these airwaves, Mike Paraka. Mike, thank you so much for hopping back on us uh, on the show with us this week. Happy New Year, guys. Can you hear me okay? You are coming through A-OK. It's, uh, it's tough all to right. hear you. I just hear all these, these $100 bills rustling on your end. Yeah, you should have yeah. one of those uh, money counting things in the background. <laughs> nice. Has it sunk yeah. in yet, Mike? Do you realize how, what you did uh, this past season? Uh, still no. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this first couple of nights, I, I kept waking up in the middle of the night and, like, checking my phone, checking the date, checking the website. I'm like, did hey, this really happen? Because, uh, 
normally week 16 doesn't go my way. So um, that first few, those first few days were really uh, unreal. But yeah, I think it's, it's sunk in now. Um, oh, good. I still good. haven't spent any money, but I haven't spent anything yet. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, um, that's awesome in. to hear. Yeah, that no, that's yeah. good. Um, it, it's 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 thrilling because now you can actually enjoy it instead of you know. Uh, you know, sitting on your couch with clenched butt cheeks and white knuckles the entire time uh, that, that you'll uh, be able to enjoy this now. It, can, for anybody that missed your appearance on the uh, Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, can you kind of take us through uh, that, that Monday night game between the Packers and the Vikings? Because basically you had a, a, a small lead with Aaron Jones, and it was basically down to you and Chris Birchby who had uh, Stefan Diggs uh, on Monday. Can you take us through the, the, sort of the, the roller coaster that it was uh, Monday evening? Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, like going into that weekend, most of the teams behind me all had some combination of like McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. So I was looking at everybody's lineup in the top 10 and I'm like, I don't like my chances. And then like McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson both, you know, dropped 30 in like a one o'clock game. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be a sweat. But I wound up going into Monday night up 10 with Aaron Jones. The other guy had digs. Um, first possession of the game, obviously Jones fumbled. Vikings got the ball. I think they kicked the field goal, so they kept Diggs out there. But then they started, like, rotating Jones and Jamal Williams again. So I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be a long night. And then Diggs scored um, right at the start of the second quarter. And, like, going into halftime, I was only up a couple points. But I wanted the game to be low scoring. You know what I mean? An ugly game. I did not want to shoot out. Um, And then – like, as the game progressed, like, Cousins started taking a lot of bad sacks, and the Green Bay just kept running the ball, and Jones got more volume, and then he scored a, a short touchdown at the end of the third that put me up, like, double digits. And then, uh, yeah, Kirk kept dropping back. They, they were, like, all-out passing modes. I was sitting like, every play watching where Diggs was lining up, and uh, they just <laughs> couldn't connect. And they couldn't connect, and then uh, Jones busted out that 50-yard uh, touchdown with, like, six minutes to go, and that's when I like, jumped off the couch. I'm like, all right, it's over. And then Dave called a few minutes later, trying to jinx me. But, uh... Yeah, before, <laughs> yeah. It, before it was over, I called. I'm like, hey, buddy, it's what, over. Dave, yeah. what, what point did you call him? Yeah. You called him after that second Jones touchdown? or, or when? Yeah, I don't know how much time was left, like four minutes or something. Yeah. But <laughs> all good. Yeah, I, I, no, knew, good. I knew it was 99% locked up, but uh, I, was, I wasn't, wasn't taking the chance. I was going to wait. Two late touchdowns for Diggs, and then and then you know here's yes. the other thing that people don't probably don't realize is um, Mike and I were scheduled to do the lowdown um, prior to uh, prior to uh, week 16, and um, we ended up or excuse me we're, we're no not prior to week 16 we're going to do it on Monday morning after you know before the Packers Vikings game that night we're going to do the interview before Monday the before the game. And and then Mike said, hey, I didn't realize I'd be in this position. Anyway, we can do this tomorrow morning because, you know, because I want to want to. I mean, yeah, no problem. So we'll do yeah, this Christmas. Obviously, week. right. Your show is bad luck. Right. Yes. Well, not always. It yeah. works out for a bag Agbatoba where he won the whole thing. But <laughs> but so I'm like, yeah, no problem. So we'll do that. So Mike and I, this is Christmas Eve. We're doing the show on Tuesday. And I was like, well, how was your night last night? He's like, oh, my, you know, my girlfriend popped open this bottle of champagne. Um, and he, and he, he actually texted me. He's like, I'm ready to go right now. I haven't slept at all. So like, like, well, just <laughs> yeah. whenever you're ready to go, we'll do it. And Mike did a great job on, on the lowdown on, on very little or no sleep. 
So I'm sure it was uh, an epic night uh, that uh, that you won't forget, right, Mike? Never, not at all. I, and I can't wait to get that trophy. Once that once once I have that trophy up on the mantle, it'll it'll all become real then. That'll clinch it. That'll yeah. clinch it. We gotta go. We gotta go yeah. buy it over at a hardware store. And <laughs> get, take the mallet to it and get it pounded yeah. into shape. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Somebody. Great. I'm not in the. I'm not in the trophy helmet awarding business. That's Chris and Alice's job. No, we got it. We'll I handle think, it. I think they're on it. Yeah. No, they've been on it. They've been on Good. it. It's it's coming, Mike. You know. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, we we had to add that surcharge because your team name was so long though. So don't just, it's like things <laughs> oh, yeah. word where if it's longer than ten characters, it's an extra buck per character or something. Mike, do you? Because I've noticed that about it. your team name. Do you always <laughs> do you always name your teams sort of like after your first few draft picks so you can tell them apart? Yes. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, if I make it, it makes it, it easier. Yeah. There you go. My memory well, isn't great. as good as it used to be, but. <laughs> Well, hey, so let's talk about your team a little bit instead of just uh, fawning over how much money you want. Um, you have a lot of the obvious – some of the obvious names. You have Michael Thomas, Julio, Aaron Jones, great, all great picks, great players. You also had Tyler Boyd, and that was a you know, fantastic pick. He had a killer uh, week 16, if I recall correctly. That is correct. Yeah, in fact, I was watching that. I was watching like that game. 33. Had, that was the Bengals and Dolphins. I think there was a fourth down play where he caught a touchdown pass, and then he caught another one later. Anyway. Um, assuming AJ Green moves on in this offseason, how likely is it do you think that Boyd repeats his uh you know, he had ninety catches, thousand and forty six yards, five touchdowns uh, in twenty twenty, and he had, you know, he had some quarterback issues himself all season long and you know, they're probably moving on. What do you think about Boyd in twenty twenty? Yeah, I was a big fan of him. Um I picked him up on almost all my teams last year when uh he had that breakout game, um, like week two, I think it was, like a Thursday night game. So I was lucky enough to get him on waivers. So I liked him, and uh, at the end of last year's season when we did the show, you guys asked the question, like, name one player you're going to avoid the following season, and uh, the guy I picked was A.J. Green. I'm like, I love him as a player, but just for health reasons, he never seems to make it to week 16. So um, that, was, that just solidified more the Boyd pick. Even though I don't love Dalton, but uh, in this draft, I actually got him at the 5'11". I mean, typically I was taking him at the early 5th, um, when he was there, but uh, that was like the latest I saw him fall for, you know, a main event draft. So I thought it was a steal, but um, looking at next year, I mean, if, if A.J. Green moves on and it looks like the Bengals might get this LSU quarterback, I mean, you have to think that, you know, he only had five touchdowns this year. His, his TD ceiling has to go up, but, uh, you know, if A.J. Green does come back, then, then maybe this is, you know, maybe that's his ceiling or floor. I don't know. Um, but then again, if AJ Green comes back and he doesn't, and he's hurt again. To your point, Boyd missed I think like two or three games at least this year, so I'd have to think he can pass those numbers. But they're pretty deep. They got a, you know, Alden Tate, a, a bunch of other guys on my team. Uh, who's the other guy? John Ross. John Ross out early, so yes. So they have some depth, but uh, you know he's in the slot, so I, I think he's got a good chance to. Uh, repeat that and hopefully uh, bump up the touchdowns. We'll have uh, FFPC best ball drafts probably going within the next few weeks here. And it'll be uh, very, we'll, we'll be following it. We'll be talking about it on the show, uh, you know, to see where Boyd is going. Cause I think he's going to be a compelling case. I think it's, it's just, it's a moot point. I mean, we know green is going to be gone from Cincinnati and we know Burrow is going to be the quarterback next year. I think these are two good things. And I think Boyd will go up draft boards. 
it's a question of how much he goes up and where the value lies in there. 2019 FFPC main event, half a million dollar champ Mike Pareka joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. At what point of the season, Mike, maybe it was right after you drafted the team, maybe it wasn't until the championship round, at what point did you kind of realize, hey, I got a shot at this half million? You know, I know you've been close before, and you probably try not to get your hopes up, but at what point did you realize this specific squad was a special one? Yeah, this team, it was pretty solid. I was fortunate. I really didn't get any injuries all year until, you know, Josh Jacobs got hurt at the very end. But uh, like it was always like in the top 80 every week. But I think it was when I went back and looked, it was after week five. That was that game where um, that week where Aaron Jones had the four touchdowns versus Dallas. I scored 220 points. Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns and 100 yards. Michael Thomas had 180 yards and two touchdowns. Eichler had 15 grabs. Boyd had like another 10 for 120 in a touchdown game. So I was like, all right, this team has a shot. And then I think the following week, Melvin Gordon came back and then like crushed my uh, Eichler shares. And uh, I actually started to concentrate. I had one other team that had Julio, Dalvin Cook, Godwin, Cooper Cup, Miles Sanders, and Winston. Like I, I thought that was my better team. So uh, I started concentrating more and like devoting most of my time on like waivers and everything on that team. And, Luckily, this other team really didn't have any injuries, so I really didn't have to make you know, very many waiver moves other than trying to grab another tight end somewhere. So, uh, Mike Paraka joining us on the uh, high-stakes lowdown tonight. A guy who just started off just like any of us, playing in basement leagues all the way up to a half million bucks. Certainly, Dave, there's a little bit of an adjustment going from uh, local leagues to, to the FFPC main event. Yeah, so tell us, what, do you th- what, do, what would you say is the – Biggest change you've had to make versus drafting with friends versus a bunch of these so-called, I don't know, not, I don't want to say pros, but heavy enthusiasts. Yeah. Heavy enthusiasts. <laughs> yes. And sometimes they're lighter in weight. Light, too. Lighter enthusiasts. Yeah. There's I didn't mean of, it from a, from a physical I mean, there's standpoint. a lot of fat people. I mean, <laughs> I know, you know, don't, it's okay. don't throw this at me. No, it's not a, <laughs> not a weight thing at all. It's to say, uh, how interested are you? And Mike was very interested. So Mike, what was the biggest yes. adjustment you had to make? Well, I, you know, I hadn't played PPR before and I hadn't used like fab, you know, bidding before. So it was usually waivers like worst of first and non-PPR. So getting into you know, some of these internet leagues, I had to get used to the scoring and the value of players. And then um, typically with me, at least, I don't know if other players are like this, but as you start to increase your entry fee, like the, the bigger the contest or league you join, typically uh, – you wind up being more conservative because you're afraid to make a mistake. So like you're, you're like, ah, oh, let me let me just pick this guy here. It's a safe pick because you don't, you know, you're spending more than you ever spent before to enter a, a contest. And then at the end of the year, you're like regretting like all these safe picks you made when the guys you wanted to take did better. So, you know, eventually, regardless of the cost of the entry fee, the game is the same, that your player evaluation is the same, the scoring is the same. So just trust your gut, trust your instinct and instinct and, uh, you know, it becomes less stressful, those drafts. And obviously the, the competition Mike, is so much tougher now once you get in these, you know, higher cost leagues. It's funny when you're just, I drive around, I'm in sales, so I listen to the serious radio all day and I hear so many people calling in, they're talking about their drafts. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how do they get all these players? Like I, I would never be able to get <laughs> like, you know, five first round picks in like the first two rounds. And like, so anyway. No, I'm with you on that. I, I hear those same yeah. callers, and it just it just baffles me. But it, it is what it is, and, and we move on from there. Something you brought up to me, Mike, that I did not realize, 
our, our main event champion from last year in uh, the FFPC, Gary Leibovitz, he actually, the league he came out of to win the whole thing was a league you were in with him. You guys were the top two seeds in that league, and you actually beat him in the title game to be league champ. He moved on, had Amari Cooper and some other guys really wreck it. Uh, you had Todd Gurley and James Conner, who got wrecked, essentially, in the championship round, yeah. and ended any hopes you had it at the six-figure grand prize. So I guess the, the question here, is it a safe assumption that, that you're either going to repeat uh, as main event champ or the eventual league winner or the overall champ is going to come from your individual league? Well, my statistical analysis says it's highly unlikely, so I should probably not even enter the main event next year because there's no way <laughs> three years in a row the team's going to come out of my draft. But uh, yeah, but what's special about that draft last year is I, I remember like every year, you guys have the winner on and you have the lineup up and typically you'll, you'll look at, I go to their draft board. So you see, okay, this guy won, this is their team. And you, and you look at their drafts and you're like, there's always like one or two guys that kind of like fell to them. And you're like, Oh man, I, I would never get that lucky. This guy fell like a whole round. And so like, I felt like for a while that you just had to get really lucky and just get in a draft where everything went your way. But like last year, that that was just a normal draft. There was nothing special about it. You know, it was, everything was just like any other draft. And, you know, seeing, hey, I beat him. I had had the better record all year, and I, I just had bad luck in the playoffs. I'm like, okay, you know, this is – you don't need that much – other than injuries, obviously, but it, you can come out of any league. So it just made it, like, I don't know, more tangible. Like, it's like, okay, this is – it's not like – it's never going to happen for me. You know what I mean? It's impossible. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy came from my league. So I was like, all right, you just got to get lucky weeks 14 through 16. That's the one thing you can't control is injuries. Um, and, and Mike brought this up to me too, Dave, maybe we build like, okay, our champ is in this league. He, he was in the league with the champ the last two years. We're going to charge a higher fee if you want to be in his yeah, league yeah, this I'm year sure and then see how great. I guarantee you some people will be like, I'm totally on board with that. There will be people who want to do that. I would. Oh, I would. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. We got one yes. already. Um, in, in any event, uh, a lot of drafts out there, Dave, and a lot of unique ones, too. Yeah, for sure. So this next question actually has to do with – it reminds me of a Napoleon quote where it's, he says, never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. And we try not to do that when we're talking about some of our competition in the fantasy industry. But anyway, let's uh, talk about your competition in the fantasy industry. Um, when your competitors are making mistakes, uh, let's, we want you to interrupt them and tell us what they're doing and help us out and help them out a little bit. Well, I mean, um, every draft is different. So, like, even I make mistakes. Like, this year the mistake I made was I just – I got too aggressive trying to get lucky with a late tight end. And uh, in the past I've always gotten lucky taking a shot on some guy in eighth, ninth, tenth round. Like, last year I was – taking Ebron, Hooper, Kittle all late, and they all hit. So I I pushed it a little too further this year, and it, it backfired. I had to get lucky on a few waivers. But uh, the key is just to learn from your mistakes. Um, you know, always do some kind of post-draft analysis. Like I'm in sales, so after a sales call, you go back and you, you try to analyze the call and, and see, you know, what you might have done differently. But, like, typically you'll you say, well, some people take too many quarterbacks, like, early. Like, in this league, the league actually – won everything with I was stuck all year with Carson Wentz and I couldn't get a backup quarterback because there was another guy in the league who was carrying five quarterbacks I mean it's just 
unheard of in these in man, man to man event, but he wound up making he made the playoffs out. So I can't I can't say he did anything wrong. He had Mahomes, so I get it. Mahomes was injured and stuff and stuff like that, but it was just uh you never know, but yeah, obviously you don't want to you try to wait on quarterback. Um I try to wait on kicker and defense, but um yeah, I just try to hammer running backs and receivers early and get as much depth as I can and then and try to get lucky with a a tight end late and it doesn't always work, but uh, you never know. So real quick, who, so yep, you, you said you generally were waiting on tight end. Who was your tight end on the, on the winning team? I, I'm not, I just not. Aware. Tyler Higby was in line. You had two tight ends if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Got hot late, yeah. yeah. Higby. And did you have Kittle in there? Who was the other one that you had? Uh, no, Mike? Uh, Hollis, two waiver pickups. Hollis. Jacob Hollis and, uh, yeah. 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 I, I went with Hawkinson and uh, Jordan Reed. I mean, at the time, they were saying he might miss the first few weeks. So I'm like, all right, he can't report where he was, you know, the best he's looked in years. And you know, I got him in like whatever, 12th round, because nobody wanted to take him because he knew he was going to miss the first week with that concussion. But I wound up holding on to him. So, like, I don't know, week eight or 10, like they kept him on the roster for half the season before they put him on IR. So I was like, I should have cut him earlier. Other people were cutting him earlier, but I just kept holding on, holding on. So I knew I was weak there. And, uh, like I was sharing with uh, Eric before, like, yeah, I, I don't think I win if I don't pick up uh, Higby Week 13. Well, that's the thing. is It's interesting because if you didn't have those tight end struggles and you were keeping, weren't keeping keeping an eye on tight end for so long, perhaps you had, would have had, you know, some other – let's say you had Austin Hooper or whatever. Yeah, that's I, I, a good I, one. He didn't do very well in Weeks 14 through 16, clearly not as good as Higby, and you probably wouldn't have won the whole thing. So, oddly enough, your poor tight end choices early on really benefited you to the point of – Probably helping you win that half a million bucks. He was a cornered animal. He was a yeah. He was a he was yeah. starving. Came out Dave. fighting. And and well, <laughs> I mean, you, isn't there? It, Kern should weigh in on this because isn't there? A, I think you brought this up like a psychological thing. Like when, when you're hungry or when when your body is like you know in need of something, doesn't you, doesn't your brain automatically kick into overdrive to like you know like okay yeah, I, he's I, not I, actually I, catching the but passes you know, but like you know no that's not what i'm saying but you know what i mean like he's hyperactively even subconsciously on the waiver wire looking like okay well i really need to be paying attention to this like i if i is if, clear if yeah. i don't get this tight end here the characters are clear i am i am you okay i am listening and i'm you want, kind am of agreeing I, you okay but am of. i making any kind of sense like yeah but it's still fun to make fun of you uh, that's yeah. fine all right yeah, I, i'm i'm willing to do that that's fine my team was like basically in the top 80 all year getting a zero out of the tight end. So to your point, yes, I was just waiting and waiting. I picked up whatever, eight different tight ends during the year, Tyler, Eifert, whoever I could take a shot on, you know, you just burn mm-hmm. one almost every week hoping to get lucky. And then uh, just luckily I had enough money, you know, fab budget left in week 13 to uh, get them before it closed. That's what it's all about. We're, ta- we're talking with the half-million winner in, uh, in the FFPC main event, Mike Pereka, this week. And it's not often that we get a guy who just won $500,000 to come on these airwaves and apologize to one of the hosts. But that is exactly what's about to go down. Mike, you said you owed Dave an apology, and I'm giving you the floor to do so right now. Yes. So in, in last year's uh, interview, we did the uh, Would You Rather segment, and, and Dave was – very high on McCaffrey, and he said he was his number one pick. So we, we went through the would you rather with McCaffrey versus the other big three running backs, Zeke, Barkley, and uh, Kamara, and uh, Dave took McCaffrey overall, and I said I would take all the other guys over McCaffrey. So, <laughs> Hey, well, I got one I was, thing right. I was, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
he was he Absolutely. was looking truly like the genius when uh you know the year he had this year and like almost every if you had McCaffrey you cashed I mean he was just yeah. money. Absolutely. Well, the thing like we kind of were saying last year at the end of the year, the last seven weeks of 2018, McCaffrey didn't just outscore Barkley. He outscored him by like seven or eight points a game. Yeah. He was just killing it. I know Cam was injured, but nevertheless, and, and, and I, we all have seen now. Listen, I'm not defend, I'm not going to defend Barkley here, but I will say this. Barkley got that ankle injury early in the season, and I don't think he was right for quite a while. I think he came back too early, and the last couple of weeks he really wrecked it. Now, even if he would have been doing what he had been done, doing all season, McCaffrey still would have out, outshined him. But Barkley could have had a, a better season this year but if it wasn't for that ankle no, injury. No, I, uh, actually, you're right, Eric. Yeah, so did Kamara. Kamara had a high ankle sprain, and, and oh, yeah, he, he held out. and was in Cabo. So I, you know, I take that apology back. I, my, my train of thought might have been right. I had uh, extenuating <laughs> circumstances here lead to McCaffrey winning that bet. Trust, That's a very good point. Trust, I mean, Barkley was obviously going to be on a top 10 offense with scoring a ton of touchdowns and having leads late with, in the with, game. Yeah. With, a with, pedig- York with a pedigreed first-round quarterback. Two-time Super Bowl quarterback. A, a two-time, or a first oh, my God, the, the embarrassment of riches the Giants had at quarterback <laughs> this year. It was insane. A great team over there. Uh, and, and, now, and, and I, I know listeners are probably saying, well, well, who did Mike pick? Who did, did he go with McCaffrey? Go with Barkley? No, Mike had the 12th pick in this draft, and he went with Jones and uh, Michael Thomas right away, which is interesting, and this is something that Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter pointed out, that both the football guys champ, uh, Abib Agbatova, and um, uh, our main event champ here, um, Mike Pareka, both had Julio Jones and Michael Thomas oh, yeah. on their teams, right. and they won the whole thing from the back end of the draft. And as Darren said, this is proof positive. Pick, huh? You don't need a first round or a top four pick to, yeah. to win the league, except for it might make you feel better. Hashtag no whiners. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the no whiners. So the 12 pick won the title. Yeah, there right. you go. That's going to be the, the title. When you do the draft spot announcements, Balky, put that on there. I'll do that. I'll do that. All you do is you just copy and paste the no, same crap from the year before. Not always. Change it this time. No, sometimes I do change it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll rope some. Well, like, like this week, I don't, I don't know if anybody saw this, and, and Mike, I'll just a real quick interjection here. Um, I, I, uh, in today's email uh, that went out for the FFPC, I, I gave props to our live best ball winners who drafted in uh, Las Vegas. Um, our good buddies Clayton Gray and David Dodds for the second straight year won the FFPC uh, 750 number one best ball. Um, which is cool. They repeat. That's awesome. What's insane is that they scored the exact same amount of points last year and this year, 2,887 points to win the whole thing, which is crazy. And then the commish, Bryce, pointed this out to me today, which I didn't, uh, today, Dave, I didn't realize this. What's up? The last four years, Justin Tucker, not fantasy points. This is NFL points. Justin Tucker has scored exactly 141 points. The last four years in the wow. NFL. That's uh, something else. And and think about this. They he has he he was like thirty six <laughs> to thirty seven, thirty five out of thirty seven, twenty nine out of thirty one for extra points. This year he was like fifty six out of fifty seven for extra points because they scored so many more touchdowns yeah. and he had fewer field goals. Same exact number of points. Wow. Just craziness. Absolute craziness. And what was the question from Mike about that? No, no, no. There was no question Mike, from Mike. Do you like Justin Tucker? <laughs> no, we don't need to. Everybody likes Justin Tucker. What we want to know is about these uh, Eagles tight ends for 2020, Dave, and figure out if there's a changing of the guard going on. Yeah, here. what do you think? You like Ertz? You like Goddard? You like them both? You like neither? Give us your take on the Eagles tight end situation for 2020. Well, Goddard was one of the guys I was all in on this year, so I was obviously 
wrong or a year too soon. But uh, like the, one of the problems I had this year with the draft is preseason. There's nobody playing anymore, so it's like in the past I always like to try to watch the preseason because you know once you see people flash, you know then you're like okay, this kind of gives you reinforces your pick. But like this year, like nobody played in the preseason, but like I think it was either the first Eagles preseason game or second. Ertz didn't play. Goddard played, and like in the first series, he had I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but he caught like three nice like 20 yard crossing patterns. It looked like Gronk is running through and pass everybody. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, he's definitely going to take on more of a 50, 50 role. And I'm here in Philly. So the camp reports were like, yeah, they're going to you know, do more 12 personnel here with the Eagles. So it's all you hear, heard all the preseason. So like I totally avoided Ertz and I was going with some combo of like going with Goddard and then taking like Chris Herndon from the jets. I figured Goddard would get me to like the first four or five weeks to Herndon was done the suspension and it, and it completely, uh, led to me blowing all my fab on tight ends this year. But yeah, going forward, yes, I, I would think, um, you know, that offense is tight end centric. Unless they bring in somebody else, Jeffrey's unreliable, Aguilar's terrible. Um, Deshaun Jackson's good, but who knows? So um, I would do the same thing again. I, I would try to fade Ertz and try to get Goddard at a value, if, if that's possible. I don't know. We'll see where they start to get drafted at. Ertz felt like he was really frustrating for the first, I don't know, X number of weeks, yeah. like 10 or whatever it was. But he still ended up having a pretty good season. Do you have yeah. his stats in front of you, Dave? I'm, I'm trying to look him up. I mean, I felt like you had to suffer through Ertz's first 10 weeks before you got some, you know, it's kind of like peeling yes. an orange or something and all the rind is still on it. You know, it's finally mm-hmm. it showed up. Oh, you don't need the rind? Uh, generally not. 88 catches, 916 yards, and six touchdowns. That's not too bad. Yeah, so week nine is when he really kind of came on. He had 25 points. This is non-PP. This is just regular PPR, not FPC. Right, FPC, right, but yep. So 25 by week, 18, 27, 5, 30, 17, and 7. Then he took week 17 off. But then, you know, like the three weeks before that 25-point week, he had a, a 9, a 6, and a 4. Ugh, no. so irritating. He, uh, he turns 30 next November. That doesn't really, uh, you know, worry you as far as age goes for a tight end, right, for, for his type of game, turning 30. What do you think, Mike? Well, he has no yak. I mean, that's the thing here. Like, they keep throwing him all these, like, two- or three-yard passes, and, like, the wind blows. He goes down. Like, he hits nothing after the catch. So, he'll always be – I mean, he might, he might be like Witten, you know, in another couple of years where he'll catch all these, like, short passes and just fall down and not do anything. I was so. just going to say he's, he's entering the Witten phase of his oh, career. Which, yes. I mean, it works for fantasy. I think – and I, I – you know, I was – talking with Howard Bedner from Fantasy Alarm about how the tight ends finish, and I, be, I could be wrong on this. I believe Jason Witten for FFPC scoring was the tight end 11 this year. Yeah, so tight there, end 11, yeah. Yeah, so there is, there is something. Coming there, off a bad TV career. I mean, you, you talk about the orange, Dave. Well, the rind is completely gone, but there's still some juice left in there that you can squeeze out, and, and FFPC owners squeezed out some pretty good juice from Jason Witten as their backup tight end this year. We no were question. talking about that, too, as Witten. It's like, yeah, just throw him out there. I mean, the guy's kind of garbage, but he's probably still going to finish in Zach, that range. Zach Prescott had a great year this year. I mean, almost 5,000 passing yards. I didn't realize this, Dave. Do you know Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup both had over 1,100 yards receiving this past year? Um, you know, I didn't know that exact number, but it made sense. Actually, Gallup did really well, much better than I thought he yep. would, and Cooper was – up and down, mode. he was up, man. He's really up. He's, Coop, he has a great game. Cooper continues to be a guy I fade every year, and for the most part, the last couple of years, I've been pretty disappointed that I faded him. It's, it's been frustrating. Um, I'll tell you what has but, uh, not been frustrating. I, talk, talk, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. 
but but Ertz did save, even though I, I, I criticized him and I, you watch him and you're like, oh man, this guy seriously, I'm tired of him falling down. But I was stuck with Wentz as my quarterback on this championship team. And uh, they had week 14 against the Giants, uh, Monday night game, he had like two touchdowns. So without him, Wentz might not have scored any points uh, these weeks, 14 through 16. He was like the main man when I, I needed Wentz to come through. So there you go. He's I'll done that the last couple of years, I feel like. Hurts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He I won, mean, yeah, he went week 16 last year. Ertz, Ertz probably does not follow fantasy football, but it does seem when championship round, uh, the championship round for the FFPC rolls around, he, he brings his lunchbox and goes to work. Um, Mike, yeah. uh, you know, we talked about a little bit on the high-stakes lowdown about this. Um, is there a player that you think, uh, based off of how they finished in 2019, is going to go too high in drafts? and then a guy that you think maybe didn't have the greatest of years this year that is going to go too low that might make a nice sleeper? Well, you just mentioned one, um, Cooper. So, like, week 16, I mean, I know he has some really big weeks, but he has some weeks where he just looks soft, where he disappears. And, like, that game against the Eagles, week 16, right, I needed a shootout with Wentz to kind of keep pace with Lamar Jackson. I mean, they were taking him out of the game. He don't even want to be out in the field, and and he only played like forty percent of the snaps. And like, I was like furious because I, I needed Dallas to score some points, so like the Eagles would keep scoring with him. But like after that, I was just like, this guy is soft. I mean, all these rumors I hear are true. He, he'll get you some big weeks, but I don't know. I, I think Gallup will be coming uh, more and more of a closer to the one A one B kind of a thing there. So I'd rather have Gallup a few rounds later than let somebody else take Cooper. Um, somebody else probably Fournette to avoid next year just based on the volume he had this year. He didn't pass the eyeball test. He he's always hurt and he had like whatever three hundred and fifty touches this year and did nothing with them. So <laughs> I'll probably pass on him this year. Yeah, and, and the other thing to keep in mind is um, you know, Doug Marone's back. We're we're probably gonna see Nick Foles again, Gardner yeah. Minshew, whatever. Um, once he gets off his R V tour. Um it, it, so not a lot's changing and I feel like Fournette really had a lot of things go his way this year as far as where he finished. Caught a lot of passes, so that was good. Remains to be seen if he can do that uh, two years in a row. So good stuff there. Dave, one final question before we let Mike go. All right, Mike, half a million bucks. You know, can you, you know, make everyone proud. What are you pissing the money away on? I mean, you got to just blow it, right? What are, you, what are you spending it on, man? Well, I, I was telling my girlfriend, uh, I was going to finish her basement, so I had my, my man cave to watch all my sports and uh, – because the TV upstairs is pretty much for her daughter. I, I, I can't win that battle. But I was, like, telling her, like, yeah, I'm, we're, we're going to have two TVs hanging up side by side. And she was like, what? She's like, two TVs? How are you going to listen to both of them? I'm like, trust me, it's it's yeah. possible. Right. She's like, I don't want the basic book like a grand. sports book. I'm like, yes. So, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that's pri- priority A is, yeah, just a, a nice basement with a couple TVs. I can sit down there, lock the door, and and my computer and watch everything in peace. <laughs> and then she can get it into her kitchen. Well, yes. and, and the other thing you can tell her That's too is like, trade-off. listen, honey, I want a half million watching football on one TV. Imagine if I have two yes. TVs, I can bring home a million bucks. It, it's, it's proven, exactly. it's proven science. I, I can bring it home that way. Uh, Mike, there listen, this go. is, uh, you have been awesome. Uh, you did a lot of, uh, uh, great stuff for, uh, obviously, uh, fantasy guru, John Hansen. You're on Sirius XM talking about it there. Uh, awesome that you made some time on the uh, high stakes lowdown on Rotoviz, and then, of course, coming on the show tonight. Uh, I, I'm sure your press tour will continue with other venues. Uh, everybody wants to know uh, how the guy who won half a million, uh, half million bucks did it. 
I wish you be- uh, the best of luck of that. Wish you best of luck in the playoff challenge as well in the FFPC. And then in all your 2020 leagues as well, dude, uh, don't be a stranger. And be on the lookout for that trophy. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought I was feeling good about one of my playoff teams because uh, I had uh, DK Metcalf, Derek Henry, and uh, Thielen. But here in your intro, you were pretty much squashing Thielen. So it was a unique lineup. Nobody, I'm the only one with that lineup. So I was like, okay, I got a shot here. Maybe with this uh, squad that you, you pretty much buried feeling for me, so now I'm depressed. <laughs> That's actually probably good luck for you because we generally get a lot of stuff wrong. Well, so you're it, probably going to be. It, and, li- yeah. and listen, I was I'm down on feeling, but Dave, Dave said ah, not just uh, pulling the corso. Ooh, not so fast, my friend. You know, so yes. we'll see what happens with feeling. You never know. Feeling's a game. Feeling, yeah, listen. A dude who went to Mankato State that had to scratch and claw his way up is not going to go gently into that good night. So you never know what you're going to get with Thielen uh, this week. Mike, thanks so much for popping on with us, dude. Uh, We'll talk again real soon. All right. You guys have a good weekend. Thank you. Enjoy the games. Thank you, Mike. At MikePoor21 on Twitter, the FFPC main event half-million-dollar prize champ, Mike Paraka, joining the show tonight. What a good dude. Awesome stuff to hear from him, Dave. Yeah, that was fantastic. He's he's a good guy, very knowledgeable. And, and I, you know, listen, Dave jokes about this all the time. Yes, I root for every guest that comes on the show. <laughs> but I was, it, I was very satisfying to see Mike win a, a championship, a national contest, given how close he has come and, and you know, having that heartache of, of coming up just short several times. Awesome to see that he wins a half million dollars uh, this year. All right, so we have the FFPC Playoff Challenge Number two, going off tomorrow, less than uh, 18 hours away uh, to, to get in on that. It's more than 70. It's coming up on 75% full right now. Yeah, so make two, there's 287 teams up. There's a, you know, I'm not saying it's not going to sell, but there's a chance it doesn't quite get there. there I mean, li- well, listen, we, we learned I'm our lesson last week. I'm not going to say anything about Noverlay. <laughs> Noverlay, yeah. <laughs> Man, that should be the email tomorrow morning. There's Noverlay. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I would advise everybody to get in. Um, we had uh, Prasad Kanat on the show last year who ended up taking this contest down. I think it was the first contest he ever joined with the FFPC, and he won fifty grand doing it. So congratulations to him. I think he's in it again this year uh, with a couple of teams. Uh, and if you're thinking about jumping in, you're not sure who to pick, Dave and I are going to attempt to help you out tonight by giving you our picks for the FFPC Playoff Challenge number two. Now, as a reminder, it is the exact same format. Everything's the same. Uh, with the two versus the one. The only difference is there's only eight teams left. So you will pick eight spots in your FFPC lineup of what you want to do. You want to get rid of kicker and defense? Go ahead. You don't want any flexes? That's cool. You want to skip quarterback and really be totally uh, contrarian? Go nuts. So we're going to do our lineups tonight and tell you who we would pick in the divisional round, even if we could play in this, which we can't. Um, but this is who our lineups would be. Now, uh, do you want to start off, or should I, with our quarterback? Uh, you go ahead, Balky. All right, so now the way I did this, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the philosophy I had is I'm assuming my lineup that I had last week for the divisional challenge, or excuse me, for the playoff challenge one is in there, and I own that. So I'm hedging a little bit, Dave. I'm not going with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I am going with one Patrick Mahomes because I do believe – the winner of the AFC title game, should it come down to the Ravens or Chiefs, stands the best shot of, of winning the whole thing and doing some damage in the Super Bowl. I want those double points from one of those teams, and I feel like double points from Patrick Mahomes is the way to go if I'm not going to go with Lamar Jackson. So I want Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. 
Very nice. He's the kind of the natural direction to go if you're not. not I think so. Lamar Jackson. I yeah. think that's not a bad pick. Um, I I'm trying to I'm going for like a, a, a kind of you. There's not a lot of unique lineups in this. And if the thousand teams, I'm assuming the FFPC one. I wanted one that was kind of unique. Uh, according to Football Outsiders, the Seahawks have a five percent chance of getting to the of uh, winning the Super Bowl, but an 18% chance of actually getting to the Super Bowl conference. Which win. is all you want. So that's like five to one. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson, actually, uh, from the Seahawks as my quarterback. I keep looking at the Seahawks and, you know, breaking this team down, and I feel like if they're going to advance, Dave, it's not going to be because of Marshawn Lynch. It's not going to be because of Travis Homer. It's not going to be because of Tyler Lockett or Jacob Hollister. Maybe a little bit of DK Metcalf. But it's going to be because of Russell Wilson. So if they do go deep, uh, you want Russell Wilson on your team, clearly. So I like that pick right there. All right, running back one, not a huge surprise here. I'm hopefully banking on an upset. Um, I, I, against my better judgment, I went Dalvin Cook here over Stephon Diggs as my running back one. He looked great last week. I know it's a stout uh, San Francisco front seven. They're getting D Ford and Quan Alexander back this week. It's not going to be easy sledding. And the game script probably doesn't match up for Dalvin Cook. Numbers don't matter when the Vikings and Niners get together, Dave. I'm going with Dalvin Cook as my starting, uh, my number running back, number one running back, excuse me. I also took Cook as my Vikings, so All right. we are on point there. All right, let's branch off into the unknown. The next running back. The must-start <laughs> Mostert. I, so this is, kind of, oh, this, is, this, is, this is a little weird, right, because I'm having two running backs who are going against each other in round one or in, in the divisional round. But, I mean, everybody's going to get eliminated anyway. So, you know, you're, 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 just, you're just trying to get a, as many points as possible. I'm fading Kittle. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. I feel like he's still not getting a lot of respect, even though the, the end of the season he was great. Um, and, and in this game, which the Niners should control, I mean, they're like eight or nine-point favorites, this should be a Mostert game. Must start Mostert as my number two running back. Very, very good, Balky. I'm rolling again with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, last right. five running back in the regular season, awesome last week, awesome this week. Yeah, he was he was absolutely tremendous. I, I was watching that game at clearly the best player on the field. I, I was watching that game, the Patriots Titans game at our at our old establishment, our old haunt, the Stone Toad, for a, a, a mutual friend's birthday party that night. And let me tell you, everybody in that joint went crazy when um, the Titans uh, won that game. No, nobody's rooting for the Patriots. And you know what's funny? The birthday girl came up to this guy I was watching the game with. It was actually um, you know, our buddy Butch. It was his brother-in-law, and he and I were watching the game, and we both went crazy when uh, Brady threw that pick six. And then the birthday, it was our 30th birthday, the birthday girl comes out. She's a little inebriated. She goes, oh, my God, do you love this song too? Because like, the <laughs> band just started to some like, 80s song. We're like, oh, yeah, it's a great song, but we're actually cheering for Brady throwing this pick six. It was very, very funny. Having fun hanging out with a 30-year-old woman. Yeah, well, I wasn't hanging out with I said happy birthday. I was very, you know, polite and everything. I didn't really talk to her much uh, the rest of the night. Uh-huh. All right, wide receiver one. I said to fade him last week. He proved me wrong after – not that Tredavious White was on him the entire time, but DeAndre Hopkins, six for 90 plus a two-point conversion. Uh, this could be a shootout-type game, and, and they're big underdogs. He should be getting a lot of targets. I like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I, I think he puts up 20 in this game. I, I, I don't think that's crazy. He might threaten 30. So I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins, my number one receiver. Yeah, since this is starting the challenge, I actually also went with Hopkins. I feel like he's going to be the top-scoring Texan, and then they're going to lose. So I think that Hopkins, he's going to be really super heavily owned, but I don't, I don't really see a – I mean, I can't see going to Carlos Hyde, although I guess he technically could. Yeah, he had one of his best seasons as a pro this year. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah. The, did you hear me on Rotoballer today? I was talking up Carlos Hyde quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, no. he averaged, you know, whatever, 
He averaged like nine points a game. So, but yes, he. Uh, well, it's just weird that you say so. I've heard because I. It's nah, just been I've, brought up on Twitter as if he was, yeah. he was somehow some great pick. Some guy brought up a, a tweet that he made in February when he was on a different team and then brought it up as like, oh. We should have seen this coming. Yeah, like Hyde, well, it shows you Hyde was a great pick. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, you're tweeting now about a tweet you made in February, and then yeah. he was traded for peanuts to a starting primo starting running back position on the Texans, and he still kind of sucked. I mean, he, he was, didn't suck, but, I mean, he was just okay. Like, well, you, we, know, like you could have run for 900 yards on the Texans. Well, and, but, and, we, and we talk about, okay, it was the best season of his career. Well, is that how high of a bar is yeah, that I to mean, jump over? I don't you know. know. It's, it's still pretty pedestrian. I think he was, like, running back 33 or 35 on a points-per-game basis, so big whoop. That anyway. said, if we're both projecting the Chiefs winning this game away, Hyde does not make for a good selection. Correct, yeah. Moving All on. right, number two receiver. My boy, Devontae. I know you took him in the, in the uh, FFPC Playoff Challenge 1. I'm going to go with him this week. Devontae Adams, I, I saw this stat today, actually, that m- the majority of his um, catches have come from the slot. And the Seattle Seahawks slot corner, I can't remember what his name is, he is a fourth-round rookie, and he's not so bueno. Good. So Adams actually could crush it this game. And you think about – um, you know, you, the, the fact that Seattle has struggled slot, uh, stopping the slot receiver, and then you get a guy who sometimes I think Rodgers only looks for him. You know, it's weird. Everyone we all, else sucks at receiver and, and, and tight end. You know, we always talk about the sucky quarterback zeroing on one receiver. You have Rodgers zeroing in on one receiver and has been really all season. He's the only, he's the only guy open. Lazard, I guess, a little bit. But I actually took Devontae Adams as well as my, number, as my uh, other receiver. All right. All right. So that uh, works out. Uh, tight end. Obviously, I... It's weird that we, we both don't have Lamar Jackson. I, I think I'm kind of guessing what we're doing here. I went with Mark Andrews as my tight end. Um, a guy, I know he's battling the ankle injury. This is a guy that Lamar Jackson looks to all over the field, especially in the end zone. I feel like he's going to have a good game this week. Uh, they're going to move on. I think he's going to have a good AFC championship as well. And he could put up a couple of touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So, and you think about the tight end premium scoring. He is, uh, he's been great all year. I think he's great again here. And for... For me, if I'm not going to have Lamar Jackson, there, to me, there's only one other safe option, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, I do have Andrews also, so I'll put him in at tight end to match your pick. But, you know, you definitely don't, you don't want the Ravens to be – you actually want them to lose if you have Andrews as the tight end because Lamar Jackson is going to eventually outscore him. Oh, so that's a good to, point. You yeah. don't want them to be moving on. You want I didn't, him to lose this week. I didn't consider that. That's a great point by the Dizzle. It's why you listen to this show, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on. Do you have a kicker or a defense? I do not. I do not either. All right. Um, let's go to fle- fun flexing. Flex number one. I'm not going to reveal what these guys have in common. I've been, I've been, I talked it up in the, um, in the chat room. DK Metcalf, Dave. Very, very worried about this matchup as a Packers fan. Um, I'm actually going to be at the game, and I found out today I'm gonna, I have field passes. So I'm actually going to be on the snowy tundra of Lambeau Field, literally. I, and I was telling my folks about this um, tonight. Happy anniversary, by the way, to, to my parents, celebrating 44 years today. Happy anniversary. Yes, and I went Very over nice. there. We were talking about being on the field, and I don't know what the protocol is, but I'm going to drop my phone at some point, and when I reach it down, I'm going to pull up a chunk of Lambeau. You know, not like I'm not going to rip the sod up, but enough to get some few blades of grass You're that so I have funny, Lambeau Field, you know. So I'm very excited. You know, I don't know if I'll ever get down there again. But um, I'm very, very worried as a Packers fan, getting back to this, that the, tell me I'm wrong here because I haven't heard one pundit say this all week. I would rather put Jair Alexander on DK Metcalf because I feel like he is the biggest threat in their passing game and the Packers' best corner is Jair Alexander. I do not want Kevin King, the lesser of the two corners, on DK Metcalf 
the better of the two wide receivers on Seattle. I understand Kevin King is bigger. He's stronger. He's also not as good of a football player. I want the better football player on DK Metcalf, and I want the lesser corner on Tyler Lockett. Am I wrong here? Am I way off? I don't know. You know, it's tough to say whether I don't really, I've been watching the coverages, so maybe they've been rolling coverage towards Lockett, which is why Metcalf's been doing well. I mean, maybe Lockett is the better receiver, but he's been attracting so much more coverage that Metcalf's been getting some targets. Um, I just, I truly don't know. I, I guess I'm just, I, I feel, I, I told my co-host on my local radio show, cause we're watching the game together. And I was like, I guarantee you three times tomorrow, I'm going to turn to you and say, I told you so about Kevin but, King. Let me ask you a question. So how, how close do you get to like the sideline and stuff with these? Two? We will be on. Well, we, we will. Uh, uh, what I've been told is we will be rubbing elbows with the players and the wow. coaches. So here. Okay. So Balky, for people who don't know is uh he's a little bit obsessive compulsive with walking. So, and so the, the Seahawks coach also, you know, chomping gum, walking up and on the oh, sideline. Yeah. So can you do me a favor and like, pace at the same rate as him, but they like, get a video like 20 yards behind him and start going up no, and down the no, field I, when he's doing no, it? No, listen, listen, I don't get to go on the field during the game. You'll get some steps. Oh, okay. yeah, This is prior to the game. Well, I, do it on the sideline then. Go well, start I think what, what, I, what, I, what, what I think we should do, and we'll put out some videos on this on Facebook and Twitter, about like you know me acting like Pete Carroll, like doing go. a Pete yeah. Carroll impression, give me, give me a Pete Carroll, going please. going up and down the sideline, chomping yeah. his gum. Chomp that gum and start walking on the sideline. Yeah, and uh, get your steps in. Then we'll do a, we'll do a Marshawn Lynch sitting on the bench all aloof. That that'll be the <laughs> yeah. Marshawn Lynch. I don't. Know. By the way, Bucky walks and also lifts and stuff, but he does walk incessantly every like hour at, at various places. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Dave's right about that. Okay, so DK Metcalf there. I'm nervous about it as a Packers fan. I love it for the playoff challenge. I think DK Metcalf goes off. All right, well, that might be good for my Russell Wilson pick. Um, I took one of my my first flocks as my second tight end, George Kittle, actually. All right, yep, that makes sense. No explanation. I mean, this, Rocky, I'll take him, and I'm glad to get those points. Um, if you're taking a tight end, um, if you're taking a tight end next year, and all of them are on the board, who are you picking first, Kelsey or Kittle? Kelsey. Still, and then it's Kittle. Um, yeah, I think so. Do you have a number three? It doesn't sound like you have a I number three. I haven't really three. been thinking about it. Because there's like 20, Andrews, 20, yeah. there's Waller, there's Hooper. Well, see, I'm just trying to sell Dynasty teams <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Sorry. All right. They are available. And speaking of Kelsey, yeah. I'm going to skip ahead of you. Kelsey is my other Oh, player. look at that. So I have Andrews, three tight and Kelsey. Yep. It is possible, and it's doable, and it's been done. Hashtag thanks for the donation. Um, <laughs> all right. So you got Travis Kelsey there. All right, Dave, here's, here's my one that, that I have my final flex. Another rookie receiver. This one from the Tennessee Titans, one A.J. Brown. Tennessee, big-time dog. The only, I, I believe this is the only total in the 50s this weekend is um, the, the Tennessee. I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, the you might be right, the Kansas City-Houston game might be in the 50s, too. In, in any event, it's a high total. Tennessee's going to have to throw to keep up with Lamar Jackson. Corey Davis, I'm, I'm, I've jumped off the ship. I'm drowning. <laughs> I am, I'm totally not on board with him anymore. I can't even see the bandwagon anymore. Used to drive it. Let somebody else drive it now. And, Number uh, five overall pick who skipped the comp. Yeah, it, it's just – well, he didn't skip it. He was hurt. Whatever. All right, so the point is made. But <laughs> A.J. Brown, dude, has been electric. Had over 1,000 yards receiving this year. Tannehill has great. eyes for him. Yep. He's, been run, he's been great after the catch. He's like the anti-Zach Ertz to – to borrow a uh, euphemism from Mike Pareka, uh, he's been awesome this year. And I feel like this is the type of game where even if he only – we've already seen in games he catches four or five balls, he's still putting up 20-plus points because mm-hmm. he does so much with them. He is a big-time, big-play player, 
and he's able to do stuff underneath as well. So I'm going to roll with him over Derrick Henry. Might be more of an A.J. Brown game than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's probably going to be more over-owned uh, or more owned than A.J. Brown. So to recap, I have Mahomes at quarterback. The two running backs are Raheem Mostert and Dalvin Cook. Four receivers for Balky, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. Tight end is Mark Andrews. Dave has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. The running backs are Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. The receivers are Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Receivers Mark Andrews, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. Let's make it official. I got five on my team outscoring yours. I got five on the And we're locked in. Perfect. And that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. A tidy 64-minute show. How about that? Well done. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mike Pereka, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, uh, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening in tonight. No Dave next week. As we told you at the top of the show, I will have a special guest host lined up uh, as we will have a show at 10, 9 Central next week. Remember, the FFPC Playoff Challenge number two, $50,000 grand prize, $175,000 in the prize pool, just $200 in entry. It's filling up fast. It will continue to fill up fast. Make sure you're getting in tonight or early tomorrow morning or early afternoon if it's still open at that point. Uh, might fill up fast. We'll see what happens. Uh, listen, uh, thanks so much. Enjoy the divisional playoffs, everybody. And as of course, your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Um, my son tonight, Dave, was a little reserved and we were over at my folks' house for the anniversary, uh, dinner and we were coming home and my, my daughter was having a really conniption fit. My, my son was trying to calm her down and I, I could tell he was, he was almost close to crying. He was almost in tears and it's weird because he, he cares about his sister, but not that much. So we're watching a movie tonight before bed and, um, he's still being kind of reserved, you know. His mother's talking to him, my, my wife, and, and he's just shaking his head yes or no to everything. He's not talking. And we're trying to find, figure out what's wrong. And then he said, Daddy, I don't want to play basketball tomorrow because he has his very first basketball game tomorrow. Okay? Right. He's very, very nervous about it. So what are you so nervous about? Well, he's been watching um, his friends who are older, who are like 10 years old, play like these two 20-minute halves, and he doesn't think he'll be able to play for two 20-minute halves, you know? And I said, Son – you, it's like a 20-minute game. There's 12 players on your team. You're not going to play in the game the whole time. He's you trying to get like three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> probably. And I and and that still wasn't good enough for him. Well, and I I you know he knows I still play rec ball or whatever. So I said, listen, son, I've been playing basketball now competitively for more than 30 years. I still get nervous before every <laughs> single game. Like you, you know, do? it's a different kind of nervous because now I I get nervous that I'm going to get seriously injured. But I still get nervous before every game. I uh, think he was cool with that. So yeah. we'll see. Good job. Good, good, good parent. Well, we'll see. yeah. And uh, listen, uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. Have live on the field reports 90 minutes before the kickoff of the Packers Seahawks game. And uh, potentially something, we might go up to the roof again, Dave. That we're up in the roof of Lambeau Field at one time. Great view. Might get up there again oh, nice. uh, this week. So very don't, excited don't about fall that. fall off or anything. Looking forward to that. Good stuff as always. We'll see you later. Talk to you next week.